a good, you know, that wasn't a good reply, or I'm gonna give it a minute and then try to reply a different way. For me, I just, I can tell she loves me, <laughs> so. One of the reasons why we're um, part of All In is um, there's a saying to put skin in the game, and uh, that was one of the last uh, things that we hadn't done, and we were ready to do it. We just um, kind of really never thought about a two-year commitment. We were making a commitment, but not uh, a two-year commitment. So we definitely uh, were excited about that challenge, and it was just another step into the right direction um, in our lives as To me, as it's Christians. like giving back. Like, it's changed our lives. Put it in God's hands and see what happens and trust him. And my stress level's gone way down since we've come to the rock. I used to be a mess. Yeah. So all in's easy. Like, I'm, a, I'm already all in, so what else? It doesn't have to be just money, I'm, I'm in, you know? Let's go. morning. How is everybody doing today? You doing good? Awesome. Hey guys, I'm Pastor Marcus, campus pastor here at the Rock Church Point Loma. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, and so is someone else. Thank you. Might be my mom over there. Pastor Miles is resting up today. He's getting ready for, for the big week coming up, so I get the, the honor and pleasure to share today. For those of you guys watching online, welcome. I just want to refer to that real quick before we get started. As you guys are getting to know me, you guys get to know my story a little bit more, but I'm a pastor's kid, what they call a PK, right? I grew up in the church. I grew up learning to trust the Lord. I, I, learned, I grew up learning to tithe. I, I, I grew up seeing my parents tithe. My dad was a Green Beret as well as a pastor, a Green Beret for 25 years. Um, so he was a, yeah, amen, amen. He was a, he was a, a pastor, right, a Pentecostal pastor. So those are kind of pastor deluxe, you know. And he was a Green Beret, and he was a Mexican with a big mustache. So I learned to say yes, sir, real quick, you know. And so I, I grew up seeing my parents model this, you know, and my, my dad had never went to college, my mom never went to college, nor did anybody on either side of the family. I was born in Panama, my mom's Panamanian, uh, my dad's Mexican, so that means I'm confused. Um, but I grew up seeing it modeled, right, and I grew up seeing my dad be faithful, my mom be faithful, and teaching us how to serve the Lord, and, and teaching us how to trust the Lord, and, and all the things that we did. I didn't have a lot of rules growing up. It was really cool. I didn't have a lot of rules, right, because they taught me fear the Lord. Like, that's a big rule right there, right? Fear the Lord, trust God, and, and I would emulate, them. and I would see them, and my parents didn't drink, and I didn't drink. Right? And so to this day, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I've never had a beer or champagne or glass of alcohol ever. And, and, and that's not to say this, I'm good and I'm not preaching against having a beer or, or, or a glass of champagne. Like, don't get drunk. Like, that's biblical, right? But what I'm saying is that I've avoided a lot of pain and a lot of sin. And on the other side, too, I've received a lot of miracles and blessings because my parents taught me this. One of the things they taught me to do was to give faithfully. I don't know anything else. And, and I remember when it came time to go to school, my, my parents, they didn't have any savings for us to go to school. Nothing. Like I said, you know, there's 401K nowadays. They had 401 pray, right? That's what I have. Like, Lord, please do something. 
And it came time to go to school, and they could have been like, ah, tithing's going to be too hard, let's put stuff away. That makes sense. But so does trusting the Lord, that makes sense too. Right, and it came time for my brother to graduate. Age 17, he gets, he goes, and a commendation, he goes to West Point. All of his school's paid for. One of the best schools in the nation. My sister goes to school, right, and she eventually gets all, every money she spent at that school. There was some loophole or something, and they wrote her a check for all the money she spent. She got all that money back. When it came for me the time to go to school, right, I was very fortunate. I went to school on a full athletic scholarship. All my school was paid for and then some. I have no idea how many hundreds of thousands of dollars that's worth in education. But the Lord took care of it for me and my family. So I just want to encourage you guys. Amen. This is not a twisting of the arm, right? This is the, this is the truth. And for those of you guys that made all-in commitments, fulfill them. It's not for the Lord, it's for the opportunity for the Lord to bless you. So I just want to share that before we move forward. Well, today's the first day of spring, right? I'm excited, I'm excited. Thank God, no more of those long, frigid San Diego winters, yes. Right? And the title of today's message is Why We Worship. We're in the All In series, right? Why We Worship. We're going to be taking a look today at that song that they sang, Hosanna, that's found in John chapter 12. But we're going to be discussing three points of why we worship. But to begin, I don't know if you guys heard that story, but there was this guy, he was out in his boat, he was, he was sailing around, right? And then he comes to this little, little deserted island, and he sees three huts, and he sees a fire brewing. He goes, hey, there's nobody on that island. I need to go figure that out. I've, I've, I've gone by it hundreds of times before. And he gets there, and he sees this guy all scraggly and skinny with his, his clothes torn and a beard. And then he's go, hey, hey, save me, save me. And he, and and he gets up to the island, gets off of this boat, and the guy embraces him. He's so excited to be there. He goes, oh, man, I've been praying. I've been waiting. Thank God he finally answered my prayer. And he sees the three huts, right? And he goes, well, do well, you want to go? He goes, wait, but let me show you, let me show you what I've done here. Because, you know, he hasn't talked to anybody for a while. So he takes him to the first hut. He goes, this is my house. This is beautiful. He goes around and shows the, 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 the bed he made out of bamboo. Right, he had some running water because he tapped into a little stream there. He was really impressed, and that was great. And then he takes him to the last hut, right, just about 50 yards away. And he goes, oh, this is beautiful. And the guy goes, what is this? He goes, oh, this is my church. This is where I worship, right. He goes, this is where I pray. This is where I sing. This is where I meditate. Oh, that's awesome. He looks at the second hut, kind of in between. He goes, what's that? He goes, oh, that's my last church. I stopped going there because I couldn't stand the people. But this guy on this island had to worship. You know, in us, you guys, there is an innate sense of needing to worship, right? We need to worship. If you look through history, there's always been gods, little Gs, right? And we're going to pop up something there on the screen right now. This is a quick little view of all kinds of gods that have been around, right? From the beginning of time, we've got gods. From the beginning of time, we've got Zeus, right, who was the kind of the, the the boss of the gods, right? There was Hades, right? These are Roman and Greek gods, the god of the underworld, right? There was Poseidon, the god of the ocean, right? Aphrodite, she was a goddess. We all know who Aphrodite is, right? She was the goddess of big, poofy hairdos. But in America, we've got different gods. You may think those gods look kind of weird, right? But in America, we've got a god that comes up every spring, 
comes up and wow, every spring this God comes up and people begin to flock and begin to worship and begin to pray and to begin to hope. Those gods look weird, but so do our gods sometimes. Our God looks like this at about now. Right? Ladies, if you don't know who this God is, right, this God causes people to call in sick when they're not sick, take a week off, eat a lot of chicken wings, right? I grew up a, a, a big sports fan. I grew up in North Carolina, Fort Bragg, and uh, during the Michael Jordan era, right? And it's so exciting. I remember, you know, seeing those games and being with my brother, you know, crying at every loss and celebrating every win, right? And that God right there, those brackets, right? He's known as Bracketus, the God Bracketus. There's even a study of him, right? Bracketology. Let's open up our Bibles to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and this Sunday is known as Palm Sunday. Everybody say Palm Sunday. And we're going to talk about why it's Palm Sunday and its significance in history. John chapter 12, we're going to read the first three verses. We'll start off with verse 1. It says this, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary put a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with his hair. And the house was filled with fragrance and of perfume. Now, you guys, for us to understand what this is, we have to go back about 1,300 years. This is Palm Sunday, but to understand Palm Sunday, you guys, we have to understand Passover. This is why. About 1,300 years ago, God's people, the Israelites, were in captivity. They were in captivity for about 400 years. And they went from being God's people to now slaves. Slaves of Egypt. And they were tired and they were crying out to God. And God heard their cries. And finally, God sent Moses to come help give them freedom. You guys following me? Right? So Moses comes and he goes to Pharaoh. And he talks to Pharaoh and says, hey, let my people go. We know that line. Of course, Pharaoh didn't want to let God's people go because that was free labor. That was cheap labor for him. Those were his people. There's no way they're going to let these people go. So Moses insisted, he insisted, and God said, Moses, go back to him, and you tell him, I told you. So he goes back to him time and time again, and that's where those plagues come into, come into play. This plague happens, and some of those plagues, right, the Pharaoh, through his guys and through his gods with little g that he worshipped, were able to duplicate them. But, but then the other plagues he wasn't able to. So finally, the Pharaoh kind of gets overwhelmed and, he, and he, he can't handle it anymore, but he still won't relent. His heart, was, his heart was hard. And the last plague came. The last plague, which was all the firstborn males were going to die. All of them. But there was one way to avoid this. God was going to send the angel of death. 
And he was going to come through Egypt and kill every firstborn male but those that were God's people that follow what God called them to do. And this is what God called them to do through Moses. Take a lamb. You guys following me here? That lamb had to be a male lamb. That, that lamb had to be a perfect, spotless lamb, not one that's messed up or jacked up or hurt. It had to be perfect. And they were to take that lamb and they were to kill that lamb. That lamb was innocent. Remember, this is a thir about 1300s before Jesus, before where we are right now. They were to take that blood of that lamb and put it and spread it on their doorpost. Then they were to take that lamb and eat it and consume it. They were to consume it with bread that was unleavened, no yeast. Yeast symbolized sin because it says a little bit of leaven, right, rises the whole bread. A little bit of sin in your life, what does it do? Right, it takes control. So there was all these symbolic things happening. They didn't know it was all symbolism. They were just following the rules. Take it, eat it with that bread. And then that night, the angel of death would come all through Egypt, but he would pass over. You guys following me? He'd pass over all the homes that had the blood of that lamb on the door. If you read the Old Testament and you spend time in it, you will see Jesus. It's amazing Jesus was already being established right there. Well, how? Well, they were supposed to get a lamb because they needed a savior. You guys following me? This lamb was going to save them from death. When John the Baptist saw Jesus on the hill, he said, behold, the lamb of God. Some people started to put it together there. Oh, we know what lambs are for. Then they were to take that lamb that was perfect that was male, that was spotless, and they were to kill that innocent lamb. Take its blood, and it was the blood of that lamb that saved them. Just like we're going to see coming up what happens to Jesus, how his blood is the blood and the one that saves us. So this is the scene. Every year after that, they would celebrate the Passover. Everybody say Passover. So that's what the Passover is all about. Now they've been celebrating it for about 1,300 years. They celebrate it in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city of peace. That's what it means. Everybody say Salom. Right? Shalom, Salom. Whenever you see that, that's peace. Jerusalem is the city of peace. Jesus is going to be coming into the city of peace. Jesus is known as the prince of what? All these things are coming together. But before this, we see that Jesus takes time to spend time with some loved ones. During Jerusalem around this time, there was about 100,000 citizens. But during this time, it would explode to a couple million. Because Jewish people, Israelis, all the people of God would come to Jerusalem during this time. So now it goes from about 100,000 to about 2 or 3 million. So that's the scene of what's happening right now. Jesus takes time in these first verses to go spend time with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. She 
out of being overwhelmed, takes the bottle of perfume, pours it on Jesus' feet, and wipes it down. The first point of today of why we worship, everybody say why we worship. We worship God because we are wired, if you're taking notes. Number one, we worship God because we are wired. We are wired to worship. We worship God because why, guys? We're wired, right? There's, there are gods all over the world. The Hindu religion itself, guys, there's over three million gods. You take a look at any society, there's gods. There's an emptiness in us that can only be filled by God. Can I hear amen? amen. We are wired to worship. We are wired to respond. We all have a God. The question is, who is your God? And I hope that whoever your God is can save you. We have different gods in America. Our gods look different. Money, right? Sex, drugs, fame, achievement. You guys with me? Well, I've got some, for, some people shopping, right? That's what your life revolves around? Nordstrom's, Bloomingdale's. See, I, I, I can't hit up those places. I'm more like Marshall's and TJ Maxx, right? And when times are hard, I take my kids to TJ Maxx in Tijuana. <laughs> so we all have different gods, but we all worship. My question is, who do we worship? Amen. Right? If we worship Jesus, we're good. We worship ourselves or other gods. Once again, my hope is that that God can save you. Let's go to verse 3. Then Mary took a pint of nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So let's understand this story real quick. Why would she do that? Couple things that are really important through this. One is this perfume, as we're going to see, it's worth about a year's worth of wages. So think about a perfume that's worth $50,000 right there in that perfume. I don't know how she got it, but it had to be a prized possession. You guys with me? And Jesus comes, and she's overwhelmed. Not only did she take that whole bottle and pour it all over Jesus' feet, but then she let down her hair. And in these days, you did not do that in the presence of men. Generally, it was only your husbands that saw your hair. So her behavior was very odd. You guys following me? The second point is we worship God even if it's weird. Amen? Because sometimes worshiping God seems kind of weird. Would you guys agree? Right, and I don't know if you've been to different countries or different places, but even here as we were worshiping, I was watching different people, right, and there's different stages of like worship. If you're new here and you see people with hands up, yeah, it looks kind of weird sometimes, but we'll get into that. 
Just go with the flow for a little bit. Right? And some of you guys are right here in the worship world, right? You're not quite committed to really getting your hands involved, right? You're like at the flapping of the elbows, right? We call this the elbow flap, right? But then God moves in your heart a little bit, and you're kind of right here, right? You're not ready to commit, but it's like this is, the, this is carry the TV, right? You're right here. And some of you guys, oh, you get to the, you got a big screen TV, so you're right here, right? 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 And there's different stages that happen. And then there's right here, right? There's the... Right here, it's like, oh, Lord, thank you. It's a fishing story. My Lord, Jesus was fishing this big, right? And then you're right here. You bring it up a little level. You bring it up a level, right, to the carry my baby. We call this the carry my baby. Right? And then some all the way to the Mufasa right here. Right? Some of you guys just go straight up to the YMCA. Right? And when you really, for the men, it's the Rocky. Right? And you really got the touchdown when Jesus is in your heart right there. Right? Things look different. If you don't lift your arms, that's okay. But if you lift your arms, that's okay. There's different ways to worship the Lord. There's different ways it looks to us. As a matter of fact, in the Bible alone, it covers worshiping the Lord while sitting. Worshiping the Lord while kneeling down. Worshiping the Lord while standing. Worshiping the Lord while on your face. Worshiping God bowing your head. Worshiping God, lifting your hands, and worshiping the Lord, dancing. There's different ways to worship the Lord in different countries, and different people do it differently. But just because it might seem weird to you, it doesn't mean it's weird to God. You guys following me? Right? We do a lot of stuff that's weird, and we still do it. Right? A lot of stuff. The whip and nae that's weird. You still do it. Right? Fashion. Fashion's kind of weird. You ever look at pictures? I grew up in the 80s. I look at pictures with my kids. Dad, what are you wearing? Son, those are called parachute pants. <laughs> Just in case I needed 18 zippers. Right? But yet we still do them. Don't let the fact that you think people are doing it in an odd way, that they're doing something that you don't expect doesn't mean it's wrong. Let me tell you why Mary was doing this. Because in John chapter 11, her brother was dead. Dead. Jesus comes to town. He sees Mary and Martha crying. Mary and Martha are Lazarus' sisters. Jesus cries because he feels their pain. But Jesus doesn't leave them in their pain. He just goes up to the tomb. He goes to Lazarus. He says, hey, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes out of the tomb and is resurrected. Now, not too long later, Jesus is eating in the house with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And I think Mary's like, hold up. Right? This isn't like a regular dinner. Lazarus was dead. He was dead, but now he's alive, and she was overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed. I can imagine, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to show him I love him? Right? And she finds this, 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 this bottle. Ah, forget it. She opens it up, pours it on Jesus' feet, takes down her hair. I don't care what they think of me. I don't care what they say. I'm going to worship you, Jesus, and cleans his feet. Guys, when we realize what really God and Jesus have done for us, we are going to worship the Lord. Can I hear amen? Right? 
Amen. We worship God even if it's weird. Yesterday, I saw, got to see my son Diego, my oldest son. Uh, I was really touched because he had knee surgery about four months ago. And I know it's not a big deal, but when your son has surgery, it's a big deal. You know, I've had seven knee surgeries myself, so I try to be the tough guy route for my son. It's okay, Diego. I've had seven. Don't worry about it. You know, and then he goes under the knife, and I'm like crying in the corner praying. Right? But they went in there, and he tore his meniscus, and they, they went in there, and somehow with little cameras and little sutures, and they tied his meniscus back together, which is the shock absorber, and they put it back, and he's there, and, and four months later, yesterday he had his first soccer game in four months. And he's running around, and I'm just like, in my heart, Lord, thank you so much. It's so good to see my son run again. It's so good to see him healthy. Right? I was elated. Now I can have him take out the trash again, finally. <laughs> and I was just watching the game, and my heart was melting. Lord, thank you. And I was just so happy and so excited. I was so excited. You know what? God is a good God, guys. God has done so much for us. That and God is doing something here in the area of worship as well. I don't know if you guys came to the, the worship night a couple weeks ago, Thursday night worship, right? It was off the chain. It was amazing. And, and chains were breaking and people were crying. And people were right here doing that, right? We had some touchdowns, right? We had some Mufasas in the house, right? There was people crying, laid out. And then somebody from the streets came out and they saw that. Like, this is kind of weird going on. Well, yeah, kind of. We do a lot of weird stuff. But God has done so much for us. Don't let what people think, you guys. Don't let what people believe. Don't let your little things stop you from worshiping God. And let me tell you, God still does miracles. This is not like a miracle God did because, well, I need to document this miracle so people would believe. Like today, nowadays, God still does miracles. Amen? As a matter of fact, Pastor Ronnie, our men's pastor, just recently got back from Haiti. And he showed me this story and he had to prove it. I'm like, that's crazy. And we hear these stories that happen in little vacuums. But I want to show you this story real quick. It's a minute to show you miracles that God is doing here at The Rock today. If we can show that real quick. Hi, this is Pastor Ronnie, men's pastor here at The Rock Church. I got a God story for you. Took a group of men to Haiti here at the first of the year, and uh, we're building the orphanage there for phase one, going back and made it completed. But while we were there working, we took a break and on a Sunday, went out to the ocean, was swimming, catching waves. One of my guys that was body surfing out there got slammed into the beach and he broke his collarbone. I had to take him to the hospital and Jeremy, we did x-rays and uh, his collarbone was broken. And I want to show you the x-ray, got it here. This is the x-ray. You can see the collarbone broken, totally separated. Anyway, Mike went home, but before he did, our men laid hands on him and prayed for him and asked God to heal him. When he got home back to San Diego, went back to his doctor, they did an x-ray to set his collarbone, and the doctor came out and said, your collarbone's not broken, you're healed. And uh, all you have is a bruised shoulder. How 
about that. Can anybody say, Jesus? Pastor Ronnie got a little country with this Jesus. I was like, how do you like that? Jesus. God's still doing miracle, guys. If we take a look at this story, chapters 4 through 6, then we see a real quick illustration of how not to worship. Because Judas, who was the one that betrayed God, saw this and he was also the treasure, right? And what he saw was $50,000 going down the drain. And he rebuked her and rebuked her. He's like, hey, man, this is $50,000. You know what we should have done? We should have given this to the poor. In his self-righteousness, right? Sometimes our self-righteousness is just completely anti-God. And it's supposed to celebration and worshiping God. He's seeing the dollar signs. And he gets upset. And Jesus says, hey, she's just worshiping. Leave her alone. He told him, leave her alone. If we're not worshiping God, there's something wrong in our heart. Can I hear amen? Right? And I'm, I'm sure there's people here, you're struggling with something. You're struggling with something that's not allowing you to fully worship the Lord. And when I mean worship, I don't mean just sing. I mean live your life for God. There's something that's keeping you, and you're going to get a chance today to, to take that thing, something that Judas had, you're going to get a, a chance to take something and put it away and say, you know what, I don't want that barrier in my life. I want to be able to freely worship the Lord. I want to be able to look crazy worshiping God. I want to live for him. I want to say, forget everybody else. I'm going to serve the Lord. Verse 12, if you follow me there, the next day, a great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Everybody say, Hosanna. Everybody shout, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As is, is written, don't be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a colt. So Jesus comes in. This is called the triumphal entry, right? And everybody that was worshiped Jesus, and it was saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The last reason that we worship, everybody say, Worship. The last reason right here that we worship is very simple. We worship because God is worthy. Everybody say worthy. worthy. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Those palm branches meant victory. But here's the sad thing. Most of them were worshiping him for the wrong reason. Because they were ready for that king to save them from the government. I'm kind of waiting for that too, <laughs> frankly. They were waiting for Jesus to save them from the oppression. And Jesus wanted to save them from themselves. You guys following me? So sometimes we're worshiping for the wrong reason. We shouldn't worship because of what we think we're going to get out of it. We shouldn't worship because it's our favorite song. We shouldn't worship because, you know what, our neighbors are doing it. We should worship simply because Jesus is worthy. And some of you guys here today are kind of caught in this spot, right? You not truly know where you stand with God. But we're going to give you an opportunity. In Matthew 9, 9, Pastor Miles talked about this a couple weeks ago. Some of you guys think you're not ready or, or you can't do it, but you can. It's very simple. Jesus went up to Matthew. And he said, hey, Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. Nobody liked him. He said, Matthew, follow me. 
You know what Matthew did? He followed Jesus. He didn't say, wait, I got to change this. Hold up, I got to make this holy. I got to give this up. I got to do this. I got to change this. Matthew said, I'll follow you. And the Bible said immediately, Matthew followed him. That's it. Along the way, Matthew changed. Are you guys with me? Along the way, Matthew changed and became a great man of God. And you don't need to be a great man or woman of God to follow Jesus, guys. Let me take that pressure off of you. All you got to do is follow him. Follow him. Jesus said, follow me. Matthew said, okay, here we go. In a moment, we're going to give a chance for everybody to follow Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is king. He may not be your God. He may not be your king, right? We should worship God, guys. We should worship God, number one, because we're wired to worship. It's in it. There's an emptiness. I'm telling you, you will not be fulfilled until you fill it with Jesus. We should worship God even if it's weird, even if it's odd to kind of like make a decision to follow God. I don't know. What do you think? Forget about it. Follow Jesus. Worship Jesus even if it's weird. And we should worship God very easy, guys, because God is worthy. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, I just thank you so much for today, Lord. And I just thank you for everybody here, Lord. And I know there's people here today, Lord, who are hearing this and they're still not in that I'm not sure spot and not quite there, Lord. I just want you to start speaking to them right now. Put a, put a nudge in their heart, Lord. Put a, put a little extra blood flow in their veins, Lord. Put a little something in the Lord to be able to make that decision, Lord. And for those of us, Lord, and those of people here that, that, that just need that extra touch of worship, Lord, let them know that you're worthy, Lord. Let them never be ashamed. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that's you today, you would say, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. I want him in my heart. I want him in my life. I'm ready. I'm not perfect, but I'm ready. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if that's you, just right there in your seat, in your comfortable seat, I just want you to repeat after me and say, dear Lord, forgive me. Come into my heart. I give you my life. I want to follow you, God. I want to follow you not for what you're going to give me, but for who you are. Forgive me of my sins. I am yours. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you pray that prayer, just slip your hand up real quick so we can pray for you. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Slip it up. Don't be ashamed, guys. Amen. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Now's your chance to follow Jesus. Keep your hands up. Amen. Amen. We see you back there too. Now if you got your hands up real, real easy, just stand up right now. So we're going to encourage you. We want to pray for you. If your hands up right now, just stand up. You guys encourage them out there. Take that stance. We see you. Amen. Amen. Stand up. Don't be ashamed. Amen. Come on up. Now come on forward. We just want to pray for you. If you guys can help them get through, come on forward you guys if you pray. Amen. Come on forward. We're going to encourage you. Amen, amen. Way to be brave, man. Way to be brave. Anybody else? Way to be brave. Come on forward, you guys. Amen, amen, amen. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of this opportunity. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Congratulations, amen. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. Come on down, guys. Amen. Don't leave yet. Amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. 
keep encouraging them, guys. This is the biggest decision they can make. They can't do it here with your love and your support. Amen, amen. God bless you, man. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I just want to tell you guys, it's very simple. Jesus loves you. It's that simple. Right? This is not about now being perfect. It's not about you join the club. We do have a secret handshake. We'll teach you that later. But simple. It's very simple. But the Bible says when you do this, as far as the east is from the west, that he's removed us from our sin. Amen? Amen. You're new. You're clean. You're forgiven. And we want to help you. We want to help you on your journey because now salvation is one thing, right? Eternity is one thing, but now God wants you to live a victorious life in the Bibles that you've got, right? If you don't have one, we'll get you one. It, it helps you to live your life. It, be a better husband. Be a better wife. Live for the Lord, right? But God has given you a free gift. I want you to understand it's a free gift. All you have to do is receive it. And you've received it today, right? And now to hold on to that free gift. And you've got it. But now he wants you to mature and he wants you to grow. And this is a safe place for that. Lord, I thank you for these five individuals here, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the lives right here, Lord, that have come up before you to, to take that long walk, Lord, in this strange place, maybe among strangers, Lord, and say, I don't care what they think. I want to serve you, God, Lord. I just ask that you would seal your Holy Spirit in their hearts, Lord. And they would grow to serve and love you, Lord Jesus. Pray these things in your name. Everybody says, amen, amen. You're going to follow this nice man right there. We're just going to give you guys some resources. God bless you guys. And let's encourage them on their way. our pastoral support team to come forward. Pastor Greg's going to pray us out. Amen. What a wonderful time. And I want to start off by telling you a little story. It's not a true story, but it's my story. So there was a group of people hanging out around a table drinking coffee. And one man, and they asked, they say, what are you doing? What, what are you doing with your money? What does your money do? He says, well, my money... Bought me a great house. I love it. It's, you know, I get to sit in it and those things and all that. And then otherwise he goes, what, did, well, what does your money do? And he says, well, my money bought me a really cool car. And I get to drive around with it. And, and that's great. And then they talk to somebody that happened to attend uh, the Rock Church. And he says, what, do your, what does your money do? He goes, well, my money feeds kids in Haiti. My money helps build houses across the country. My money changes people's lives for all of eternity. You see, the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart is. You see, we were designed to live with a greater purpose, a greater purpose than just ourselves. And so when we come into this time of tithes and offerings, let's celebrate the lives that are being changed through God's work and what he's doing. So let's just celebrate that right now. So, you know, here we provide, all we do is provide the opportunity. 
And we have a, a number of different ways to give. We, we always say to automate the important, and we do that through our online giving. And if you're watching online, you can just click the button to give, or you can set up your online giving so it comes out automatically. You can text to give. We also have our envelopes in, in all of the bulletins, and we have boxes at every exit. But the idea is to provide the opportunity for your money to make a difference in this world. And that's all it is. It's just an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to experience amazing blessings. And so uh, we'll pray for all of these tithes and offerings. Our pastoral support team is here. If you have a prayer need, uh, they want to pray with you. They want to talk to you. They want to minister to you. Father, we thank you so much that you uh, provide us an opportunity to partner with you in your work to seek and save the lost. We thank you for the amazing work that you're already doing, not only here in San Diego uh, through the various ministries, but also across the world. So, Lord, we ask that you would multiply these tithes and offerings, that it would extend your reach throughout this entire world. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bring a friend.